0: But
1: I, I think Drew Brees, like, I, I'm really high on Aaron Rodgers' this season. but I think Drew Brees is actually the one who's going to pull it out and, and kind of have, and I think, just because on no, the, no, no, we all know that James Winston is the one who pulls it out. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is he doesn't. Uh, oh, 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 Christ. Christ. So hello and welcome to the All Four Quarters podcast, your one-stop shop for news, views and overreactions to all things NFL. So in today's podcast, we'll be covering our preview for the NFC South and the NFC West, completing our preview series and lead us in into the actual football season. Accepting uh, all the pre-season action, of course, which we've all been covering in very much detail. <laughs> uh, staying up all night to watch those uh, pre-season action. You know, I really want to see more of uh, with Matt Moore. No, is he still in the Premier League? I haven't a clue. <laughs> <laughs> so today it's just me, Ronan, and Harry. Hello, uh, Connor is currently, I don't, know, getting married or some shit. Yeah, I don't know, like, some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, some bullshit like social uh, norm that he has to fulfil.
0: He lacks dedication to the podcast,
1: indeed. And uh, he gave us a, a, you know, one last message I think before before we came on air just saying football Uh, it was very descriptive or go football football. which uh, thanks Connor your 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 introduction and your support is as valued as ever so going into the NFC South we'll be looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the Atlanta Falcons the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints uh, we'll start with the Buccaneers, who had a pretty active off-season and some additional previous off-season action also came into fruition. So, in terms of well, the players that they brought in, pretty big overhaul on the defence, especially along the front. They brought in Vinnie Curry, Paul, Jason Pierre Paul, Jason Pierre, Paul <laughs> apologies, uh, Vita Vey and Bo Allen, although I think Vita Vey is currently, it may, ha- may, may be uh, questionable for the start of the season due to some injury, but I think the, the outlook on that is pretty positive for week one. Uh, they also have been Ryan Jensen and Ronald Jones. I think Ronald Jones Tree uh, is his full name. Uh, it's, he's a running back, uh, basically. The big losses uh, won due to offseason season uh, shenanigans uh, last season. Jameis Winston will be missing three games at the start of the season, which means we'll see more Fitz magic. Uh, Doug Martin will, is gone. Um, uh, obviously, Ronald Jones is expected to replace him as their Orby one. And then Chris Baker and Clinton McDonald were lost from the defensive line. So I suppose, like with this team, it's really hard to ignore the big question, which is Jameis Winston, famous Jameis, what is happening here? Like I was listening today about some of the comments made earlier in the pro- off season about. Uh, the coach their color saying he should lead more from the back that he was been encouraged not to uh, perhaps make as many you know brilliant cromulent quotes as he's been making during his uh you know rah rah speeches at the start of games and that perhaps he should that, and also considering he perhaps his uh, lack of moral standing uh, given his uh <laughs> legal well not legal uh, nfl disciplinary issues we'll call them so in terms of Jameis Winston, we're going to see some Fitz magic in the first three games. It's a very tough slate of games at the starting to playing New Orleans and Pittsburgh Steelers, and then Jameis Winston will have to come back and you will presumably be back starting. Dirk Cutter obviously is a is a coach on the hot seat. He can't really afford to have a slow start. He can't really afford to have a bad season. So, how do you see this quarterback situation playing out during the season?
0: Well, it's interesting. I think it's important to note firstly that, that Cutter is very much tied to Winston, like he was brought in. That doesn't sound very pleasant, to be honest. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Yeah, and he was obviously brought in as, like, the Jameis Winston whisperer, and he could get the best out of Jameis Winston. And what we've had is is three mediocre seasons and a whole lot of off-field issues. It's... Like, I don't think James Winston has really demonstrated the talent so far in my book to indicate that he's worth uh, the fact that he's a scumbag sex pest, if we're honest with ourselves. <laughs> he's, an, he's an absolute liability to this team. Um, he We know his leadership issues. We know he has decision-making issues on the field and off the field as well. So the team kind of sticking by him this much. I mean, look, it's an investment, blah, blah, I get it, but... This is a guy who is like not really shown that he's gonna be a lead. He hasn't really shown that he's going to be a franchise quarterback. Now it does say something about the state of the bucks that I think he's pretty close to being their all-time passing leader at this stage. <laughs> but like he hasn't he hasn't shown anything that that's indicated that, I mean, at this stage in the career looking at him versus Mariota, you have to say that taking Marcus Mariota was absolutely the correct choice. Uh, Over Winston, not just even like excluding off field stuff, but just on the field performance and the ability to to make a system work and to to elevate uh, the players around them. So I I just unless Jameis Winston goes absolutely crazy good this year. It's difficult to see the Bucks wanting to continue with this any longer, particularly if they decide to part ways with Cutter. which, if things go badly, they probably will do as well. He's very much tied into that, and if he can't get the best out of Winston, he's going to be gone, and there's going to be no point keeping Winston. They'll probably go into blow it up and start it again mode, which, honestly, I think would probably be a good decision at this stage. Like there's a, there's a huge amount of, of of problems surrounding this, and it's not just Winston, but we saw like the regression from Mike Evans and the offense in general. The fact that like OJ Howard outplayed Cameron Break, which they then promptly rewarded Cameron Break with a massive contract for Six basically years, losing seven his years job, and, yeah, for yeah. losing his starting <laughs> job. Uh, Ronald Jones has already looks like he's about to uh, be beaten out in camp by Payton fucking Barber. Like this 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 isn't isn't going particularly well so far. Certainly on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and the problems go do go beyond Jameis Winston, but I think they ultimately start and end with him at this point. Uh, so yeah, unless he does something absolutely special, I think this is the end of him. Now, obviously he will replace Ryan Fitzpatrick when he comes back. There's no way he isn't given that opportunity. And um, like we know how good Ryan Fitzpatrick is at this point, which is backup. So I, I don't think he's in danger at the moment. But yeah, this is very much a kind of, unless he pulls, I think, something magical out of the bag, there isn't going to be a fifth season for him as a starter in Tampa Bay, um, unless they decide to hold him over while they beat a rookie next year or something,
1: you said that, I mean, but like Fitzmagic's exactly the type of quarterback, who will put on like a three game show and manage to beat like t- like Cohen two and one in those first few games. They won't make the playoffs, of course, because he'll <laughs> like throw fifty million picks in the like back end of the game. But uh, like, whatever I look at this roster, I'm like, there are definite bright spots. Like you, like Mike Evans, even with the regression, is still a good wide receiver. Chris Godwin's getting good reception, and then D is still there. That's a pretty good set of oh, Jackson? yeah, yeah. well like, I think he's still fast so that's pretty much what he's good in the first place um, <laughs> and like you have OJ Howard and Cameron Bright, and the offensive line not great and then on the defense you have people like Gerald McCoy you have Levante David and you have this injection of talent coming in here so like not really sure, but like the defense was kind of pretty middle of the road last season uh, to bad. So I think like you know when you look at Vinnie Curry, when you look at JPP, when you're looking at maybe Vita Vapel, are you seeing enough changes in that front uh, seven that they can actually get pressure on the quarterback? And then hopefully that can make up for maybe some of the deficiencies they have in the back
0: end. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of like um just. I, I don't know, like JPP at this stage in the career, like this feels. This feels like there's those guys like kind of on the downslope here. A lot of this defense. I mean, it's very difficult, very difficult to have faith in Bay's uh, ability to use talent, uh, given their complete wasting <laughs> of Gerald McCoy's career up to this point. Like, I, I, I don't know with the co- if the co- the, st- the personnel is necessarily going to fix the issues with the coaching that team has had on defense over a very long period of time. Like, this is a team that still plays Chris Fucking Conti for God's sake. Like, this is not. A, a talent-rich secondary. We've seen like, young guys like Vernon Hargreaves come in, like sort of fail to really live up to where where they've been. Like their best defensive um, prospect in the last while has been Quan Alexander, who managed to get suspended for PEDs uh, last season. As you like there's a lot of <laughs> there's, there's a lot of individual talent there, but they've never really been able to make it into a cohesive unit. And I'm not sure throwing in the likes of, of Vinnie Curry and a declined JPP is gonna is gonna particularly make a difference. Guys like Vidove, like these. Are, this is you know, this is a spot role. Fair enough. Yeah, you want to get tougher against the run. That's fine. I understand it. Now, not good that he's got immediately injured. But this is you know, again, it, it, it's not. He's not necessarily going to be a three down player. It's not a holistic solution. I feel like again, the the lack of the problem. The defense has been lack of coherence, and I think that's well. I think the problem with both sides of the ball, to be honest, has been a lack of coherence and lack of ability to exploit talent. And I just I'm not sure that has changed. And I think this team is not necessarily in a better spot than it was last season. I'd say with all the goings on and distractions and inverted commas i i think it's definitely in a worse spot i do not like where this team looks right now
1: yeah i think with like with the Jameis situation situation and Dirk cutter you're kind of looking at a, like a team that's gonna like unless they get into a fast start and obviously there are very strong reasons to believe that they won't it's a team that's gonna get pretty ugly pretty quickly and there's gonna be a clear out this is the kind of team i see Dirk cutter getting cut pre like pre, mid-season not like like you know actually making the end of season
0: oh and their kicker has already started sucking well that's a Tampa Bay kind of uh, staple isn't it yeah that's a Tampa
1: Bay tradition at this point so I think like I think at best this is a team that could be competitive, but considering the teams we're going to look at the rest of the NFC side, I don't think anyone's really given the Buccaneers yeah, mu- much of a chance to like make it much of an impact on the NFC side or the NFC in general. So, Harry, would you have them going?
0: I think this is the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> I have them going one and fifteen, like this team, and I'm, I'm not. I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure Ryan Fitzpatrick gets that one win in my prediction. <laughs> Like I think this team is he's a hot mess on a variety of levels, and I think that's going to be reflected. Uh, this team is going to be bad.
1: Yeah. So I have Connor is giving them three and thirteen. Uh, so Connor's is obviously in agreement. And I'm giving them more optimistic seven and nine. I think there's enough talent there that they'll eke out some wins. But like I wouldn't be like I definitely wouldn't be completely surprised if they end up being like in that one two three four win situation as well. But I think. There's enough talent there that people will be playing there and maybe the coach who comes in mid-season might, you know, invigorate people to play for their future jobs. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not the most positive outlook for them, but we'll see how they get on. (laughs) So moving on to the Atlanta Falcons, not really much turnover for the Falcons this offseason. Obviously, it's a team which came off that uh, embarrassing Super Bowl loss. 28-3 Um, twenty-eight and three. Never forget. And obviously, that kind of overshadowed a lot of what happened last season. Uh, and obviously, Steve Sarkisian came in to replace Kyle Shanahan and did what was many considered to be an inadequate job, considering the talent that exists on this offense. In terms of people who came in, we had Brandon Fusco, Calvin Ridley, who brought a wide receiver, who brought in the draft, and then a few uh, additional uh, defensive uh, backs in Justin Bethel, I say Oliver, Ron Parker you know like a not nothing too exciting there and here's what they lost they lost some of talent along the defensive front with Adrian Claiborne and Dintari Poe uh, they lost Taylor Gabriel and they lost Levine Toilololo uh, I don't know how Connor would have done with that <laughs> pronunciation I think I did pretty well to be honest though so, we saw last season a team which on offense, with Steve Sargeesian, the offense wasn't bad. Like The offense was still doing, getting results. But compared to the heights that they had reached with Kyle Shanahan, there was definitely a lack of consistency. There was definitely a lot of mid-season swoons or games where the offense just didn't seem to click. I think towards the end of the season, they seemed to be figuring it out. And I think the change from Kyle Shanahan... To Sarkeesian made such a big difference, particularly because I think Sarkeesian just lacks maybe that kind of spark to get the best out of some players. I think Taylor Gabriel is a perfect example of like a gadget player that Cal Shanahan could make something out of, but Sarkeesian could. So I suppose with Sarkeesian with one more year, with the addition of Calvin Ridley to kind of add to that uh, Sanu and Julio Jones like combination, do you see this Atlanta Falcons offense getting closer to where it was under Cal Shanahan, or is it going to be basically more of the same this season? Yeah,
0: I think it's going to be better than it was last year, and I agree with you. We saw sort of an uptick towards the end, and it seemed like it was more. A transitional problem than anything else in the time spent adjusting and realising that maybe the uh, the talent they had didn't quite match up to the way that they wanted to play I think that this is you know this is a team that has very few weaknesses in terms of the offensive skill positions like th- this is a good roster you know like Ryan's a good quarterback we know that he had an MVP season uh, a couple of years ago we've seen uh, uh, not Hulu. if you ask uh, a certain Jaguars defensive back yeah that, that <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, it was just magic. Also, he's banged Golden, Golden Tate's sister. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, you got Julio Jones and so on. Like, but um, yeah, like I think it's I think it's a transitional thing. I think we're you, there's too much talent on this team for I think to continue going down, like going on a downwards trend. Like you've got two running backs who could potentially be a starter on other teams. You have uh, talent in the wide receiving core, tight end, bit of a question mark. But look, they have managed to make do with that last season with Austin Hooper coming on. So I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be okay on that front. Like the real, the real question is, is like, can they get back to that elite level that we saw them do on on that Super Bowl year? And that, I think the answer to that is different. I think the answer to that is fundamentally no. I don't, see... Firstly, I think it was a bit of a flash in the pan. You know, I think that was things falling into place at the right time, peaking under Shanahan's specific way of playing. And I don't th- know if what we've seen from Sarkeesian indicates that they can necessarily recapture quite that level they were at. But also I think that even if it was Shanahan, they might still struggle to recapture that. Like, there were a lot of things falling the right way for Atlanta that season. And I think that they just had... One of those, he's like, Matt Ryan is an inconsistent quarterback year to year. Like, we know that he's a guy who has a pretty solid baseline, but he has great seasons and he has down seasons. And we've seen this happen in the past before that. And this just happened to be his best one yet. And him regressing kind of towards his mean last year and even possibly below it is one of those things that can, you know, just happens. And the transition certainly uh, didn't help. So I think this is going to be improved, but I don't think they're going to quite get back to the level they were at beforehand.
1: Yeah, I think this is like one of those teams that I'm looking at, and it's like, you know, they kind of had that like those 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 issues during the entire season. Yeah, at the end of the day, they came within like a like a few yards of beating New Orleans Saints in the wildcard round, and who knows what they might have done against Minnesota, considering how close uh, the New Orleans Saints played uh, Minnesota in that divisional round. Uh, I don't know how they do the Eagles. Probably not very well, considering <laughs> that side had they the other side did, but. Like, I think the Falcons, I'm looking at them right now, and this is a team, I think the major thing that I see when you're looking at them is that stability, and I think that was kind of shown on the defense, like, they, they're bringing back many of the main players, like, their best defensive player I consider probably be J- Grady Jarrett right now, and, like, I think they still need to lock him up, but I think of some of the other, like, uh, contributors that they've got on the offensive line and on the defense, they've started to lock up, and I think that's the thing we've seen, like, they lose Adrian Claiborne and Dontari Poe, who kind of imports... Now they're putting their money into those uh, younger players. They're getting players. They're obviously expecting players like Tack and Kinley to take the next step and take over, like uh, as the, the prime, prime, major pass rusher from Adrian Claiborne, or at least the, the secondary pass rusher. So I think like when you look at this defense, like I'm looking like I'm looking at these players. I'm looking at lots of talented players like Grady Jarn looking at Fikwiizi. Do you expect them to play at a at an elite level, or do you expect them just to be kind of good? Like this, like once again, like the offense. This defense could be really good. What's your kind of expectations of them? Yeah, I
0: I think that's fair. Um, It's hard to say, isn't it? Like, I mean, this is a... The defense has been pretty solid consistently for a while without really being exceptional. I'm not sure the defense has got stronger, but I don't think it's... I certainly don't think it's got weaker. Like, I agree with you that they're in a position to let the likes of Claiborne and Poe go because they have guys like Grady Jarrett who can play on the interior for, for Poe and whatever. And you've got McKinley as a pass rusher and... Like... There's, there's no real additions there so it's a case of can these players make the next step and um, you know obviously if the coaching staff has faith in them they know more than I do the defensive backfield if it stays healthy I think we can't understate the loss of Trufant last uh, last year as being, having an impact on that that's affected their CV1 but we know they have other talented players like Alfred and uh, Keanu Neal in there I'm not particularly in love with any of the guys that they've brought in this season into the backfield but they're all, yeah. depth, they're all depth acquisitions they're not expecting them to be starters and I think that, you know, generally speaking, stability is good when you have young players. Obviously, it's bad when you've got aging players and you kind of just get stuck in a rut and they, they're on the de- decline. But this is a, a young defense with players who should be on the upswing. So from that perspective, yeah, I think this is, I, I, I'm not, again, I'm not particularly concerned about that defense. I think it's going to be pretty good you know the trajectory is always hard to tell in these cases but I think that like if everything keeps going the way it's been going I don't think there's a huge amount to be uh, to be concerned about in Atlanta
1: yeah I think there's a consistent defensive philosophy there obviously coming from Dan Quinn coming from that Seattle thing he wants you know hyper-athletic linebackers he wants tough press corners and he wants like rushers like engine rushers who will get going and will get to the quarterback uh, no matter what and I think he seemed like his template's been working and he's been building players uh through the draft through pickups and i think you know I think the big challenge yeah the challenge now is he can't just can't really afford the maybe those kind of those dart throws on veterans like dontari poe he'll have to rely on that internal talent but considering how good they've been i think they would be pretty okay so given all of that what's your
0: prediction for them now i have a very interesting prediction here. i've been going 11 and 5 and missing the playoffs on tie breaks yeah,
1: the NFC is kind of stacked. Yeah, I have, I have the <laughs> NFC
0: being insanely competitive this year. Yeah. So that could obviously fall either way, but like that's generally reflective of where this team is going to be. This is a team that's going to be very much in the in the wild card hunt you know if they don't win the division as possibly they will and they'll get in as a three or four seed i think that's kind of where the team is it just happens that the way i picked the matchups have them yeah excluded basically
1: the nfc side is a, is a bit of a bitch and uh, connor i think is presumably getting a similar situation as in 11 and five but no uh, playoff for them so i assume he's probably thinking they're coming seventh as well i have them just pipping into the number six seed at ten and six Obviously, I think uh, they're one of the best teams in the NFC, and I think they'll, you know, there are there's one better team perhaps in the NFC South, but I think you know I would never write them off. I think although I have them predict them to go out in the uh, wild card round, um, but I'll tell you who two very soon. So in terms of the NFC South, moving on, we have the Carolina Panthers uh, or the Cam Newton Panthers, as they basically <laughs> could be called uh, at times, and they've made some pretty uh, some significant changes. Um, across the entirety of the team on both offense and defense. So they brought in Dontari Poe to try and shore up um, that uh, defensive line, which is what they consider one of their strength. They're, maybe they consider Don Poe to one of their um, uh, mollies, mollies or something mollies like, like that, about, yeah. you know, to get that defensive pressure in, in the middle. Uh, and then they brought a lot of new offensive toys for Cam Newton to play with, including the rookie, DJ Moore, uh, Tori Smith, like a, like a speeder, a speedster on the, on the outside, C.J. Anderson uh, to kind of replace Jonathan Stewart as they're kind of a bell cow running back and Jarius Wright's kind of like a... a, camp, fierce, body. a camp body. Camp body. <laughs> and they brought in Dante Jackson. On um, the offence, they up, but they lost some pretty significantly key, key players. Andrew Norwell is a massive loss along that offensive line. Probably one of the best guards in the league. They lose Ed Dixon who's just going to be a solid tight end but obviously... Uh, you know, number two to to, to Greg Olson by far, uh, and they lost John and Stewart after probably he, the tread on his tires is gone. Even if the Giants somehow don't believe so, uh, they also lose Star Lole uh, and Charles Johnson. Lole is probably a bigger loss uh, than Johnson, but he has been somewhat inconsistent, so it wasn't unexpected. And then several injuries in the uh, secondary, uh, sorry, several losses in the, the secondary. Lost like veterans like Kirk Coleman, Dar Worley, and they brought another veteran, Ross Cockerlin, but he's now gone to injury as well. I believe they lost uh, Daryl Williams uh, one of their guards uh, probably gone for the season as well so I think with this team we know what the offense is built around like my opinion of Cam Newton has always been he's not a great quarterback but he's a great comeback and you can win a lot of games with a comeback and I think that's where this team rides, basically, as usual. So, you know, they've brought in some pieces for him to play in. they brought in, like, a a nice slot guy, DJ Moore. Lots of good hype about him in preseason. They bring in CJ Anderson to hopefully allow... Cam not to have to run on first down or or on goal line situations I really like that pickup personally and they have Torrey Smith maybe to be someone who can uh, fit that kind of speedster role uh, that they've been lacking maybe last season I think Devin Funchess is probably their number one wide receiver but in reality it's Greg Olsen so you think like Cam with these additions uh, with perhaps hopefully an off season to, to kind of heal and get ready do you think Cam can make this offense great again after a pretty rough season last season?
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I do agree. I, I really rate Cam Newton. I actually think Cam Newton isn't a bad quarterback, uh, as well as being able to. It's do fundamentals. His, you know, They're terrible. You know, uh, uh, you have to Cam, stand in the pocket like a Cam statue. Newton, Cam Newton has poor fundamentals. He is the women's NBA of quarterbacks, according <laughs> to Fitz. Okay, but uh, like, I, like I just think. I don't think this Offence has got better I like the CJ Anderson pickup as well I think he's a good player Right I don't think he's Going to transform An offence And considering that Jonathan Stewart Was really only used In spot work Effectively last season I'm not sure that You know Anderson is going to be Tremendously more effective And what will probably be Still a fairly limited role Because his team Is extremely bet Into Christian McCaffrey Who I think is one of The most overrated Players in the league um, And I think that's <laughs> he's, a receiver, he's a great slot receiver He's a fucking Average slot receiver Like he's not that He's good. no like, Cole Beasley If Beasley <laughs> <he's laughs> He's like Cole Beasley. He's no table on Austin, man. He's definitely no Julian (laughs) Allen. Like this is, yeah, I I don't. I'm not in love with what they've done on the offense. I think Torrey Smith hasn't been good for a few seasons now. To be honest with you, even as a speedster, he's not. There's not much left there. A Jarius Wright. Jarius Wright makes that training camp. I'll be amazed. Like. Yeah, the rookie DJ Moore's look good, but like, I'm just not convinced about what's going to be different here. And I mean, even if you look at a guy like Ed Dixon, yeah, limited role, but very good blocking tight end, right? Allowed them to run two tight end sets and allowed them to be effective while running the ball forward. I'm not sure they actually have anybody in that role. And I think actually having an elite blocking tight end as a tight TE2 on your roster is a really underrated thing. That's why I like pickups like Mercedes Lewis, for example, in this offseason. And I'm not sure that's going to happen. If Greg Olsen goes down, I don't know who the ball's going to be passed to. I don't rate Funches as I mentioned earlier Curtis Samuel hasn't really shown us that he can do anything in his first season maybe he will make strides I don't know always very hard to tell with young wide receivers particularly when again they're coming off a season where they haven't really done anything at the end of the day I'm not sure that this team has put itself in a position where Cam Newton isn't going to have to try and do everything himself and that's my fundamental problem I don't think there's any of these things that's the answer to how do we take some pressure off Cam particularly with the uh, the losses on, on the O-line as well when we talk, I talk about Dixon as a blocker also Andrew Norwell, the gargling like this isn't better situation for their quarterback it isn't a better situation for the running game and that makes me worried that this team is going to continue to be figured out and Cam Newton is going to have to continue to try and do it all himself and get hurt at some point
1: yeah but that's kind of the opinion of the Carolina Panthers for like the last since Cam Newton became the quarterback basically and I think sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't mm. like I would never write off the Carolina Panthers but I think you're right I think Norwell's a massive loss and I think, yeah, like, I, I like DJ Moore and, like, maybe he can be the new Christian McCaffrey yeah. <laughs> in the slot, but, yeah, like, besides CJ Anderson, which I really, like, I think CJ is one of these players that everyone, like, always writes off and then always gets, like, a thousand yards and it's kind of underrated that way. Uh, same in fantasy, really. Uh, and I think... <laughs> i think he's he's much better than jonathan stewart like i think yeah you're right and i think then on the defense you know they lose starlet to the but obviously he you know hasn't really been quite as good and like it's kind of weird because like this is like you kind of look at the defensive line and it used to be like a major strength of theirs but now you're kind of like k1 hey, short is there that's fine but they're still relying on like julius peppers and stuff like that obviously uh they have the greatest linebacker of all time um uh, or at least so the Intelligence, would say. Uh, Bobby Wagner might have something to say about that. But anyway, that's why Seahawks pie is coming true. Of all time. Does anyone really say that? Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. I, well, I think Luke Kuechly is one of those guys that the hype around them right now would definitely give into consideration that if he can avoid the concussions, which yeah, obviously are major issues. If he can avoid the concussions and had a long career, like a 10, 12 uh, year career, I think he, yeah, he'd be first ballot Hall of Fame uh, based on his current thing and, and people love him. Mm. I think because he's got that grit. You he's know? white, yes, he's white. We, we uh, noticed like it. a certain uh bears linebacker uh oh, I Yeah I can't believe Urlacher's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> First ballot Hall of Fame. Uh,
0: fucking hell. But hell. I
1: suppose the big question about this team is the same question that we've had all the time, which is they're kind of just throwing some names at the wall in the secondary once again. There's no and then they've kind of lost even like kind of the veterans like Kurt Coleman uh from that situation as well. And Daryl Worley was traded in the offseason uh in time uh, as it turned out um due to some offseason stuff but like mm. you're looking at this like the secondary and you're like i don't even recognize how half- the like, captain munderland still there great um so do you think that this like this defensive line which has obviously been a strength for a long time they bring in dontari poe but they're relying really on k1 short and julius pepper do it again will this like this defense has generally usually been good under this management? Mm. Will is, is, is there a major cliff coming here or do well, you think it'll still be okay
0: it's always been decent but I think it's it's very much been a D-line that's got exposed when they've gone against good teams um, like I think it, 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 it's a solid D-line it's a good D-line but it's never been like elite it's never been like say you know when they have the Denver Broncos and they winner both the Super Bowl um, what they could do for example the Baltimore Ravens at the height of their uh, dominance defensively it's never been like a truly dominant defensive line it's one that's come unstuck Against um, stronger offenses, pretty much consistently over over the last few seasons. I don't think Dontari Poe's solution. I'm not sure Dontari Poe is even better than Star Lele at this point. Like, I mean, this is you're you're bringing like a guy who's very much on the downslope of his career, who is again very much a role player, and that's your big defensive acquisition. Like you said, they have neglected the secondary since Josh Norman left. They have done basically nothing to make that stronger either. So again, I think this is a defense. That because of the talent on the D line is going to look really good against weaker teams, but it's going to struggle when they come up against stronger O lines. It's going to struggle when they come up against quick tempo offenses that can then expose those problems on the back end. Um, it is worth mentioning that outside of Keekly, um, in fairness, their linebacking core is still pretty good. Thomas Davis is still somehow there despite being about a million years old, and like I like uh, uh, a Thompson Thompson as kind of a, yeah. a more sort of mobile, uh, and lightweight guy. And Dave Addison on the front is also as well. Yeah. But I, I, just, I just don't think it's... I just don't see this as, like, a top-tier unit. And I don't think it's ever really been a top-tier unit. I think it's been, like, a top 10, maybe top 5 sometimes. But it's never been, like, a truly dominant D-line that can make up for the weaknesses elsewhere on that team. Um, so I don't know if there's a cliff coming in that sense. But I don't think it's improved. And I don't think it's good enough to cover up the other problems that they have.
1: Yeah. And I think there's a lot of there's a bit of hype around I think like the various like prospective corners who will be playing for them. But like the trend on this team is that like a, a corner will come good and then have an issue or be traded or won't get like they don't I think they seem to go cheap on the defensive backs and I don't know if it's quite working for them, but we'll see if it, we'll see if it leads to like really bad like defense next season or not on the back end. But there's definitely things to attack there. So
0: with the Panthers, what are you giving them? I have them going this is probably a bit harsh, but it's the way the games are I have them going six and ten. I yeah. this is a mediocre team at yeah, this point.
1: In a division that there will be no forgiveness.
0: Well except uh, against the Bucks. Well, except the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh Connor has them going eleven
1: and five <laughs> but getting knocked out in the wildcard round. And I've going nine and seven, not making the playoffs in a stacked
0: so, NFC. From, from talking to Connor before, I believe his logic here is that the Panthers always follow like a bad year with a good year. So there's yeah. you.
1: Yeah, well, it's Cam Newton. That kind of could make sense. <laughs> like Cam Newton needs to prove himself again or something to that effect. Uh, but like, I don't think anyone would say the Panthers couldn't do that if Cam Newton shows up. But yeah. uh, I think there's enough question marks here that no one—you wouldn't put your money there. Yeah. So that moves on to our final team in the NFC South, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they made some not uh, some changes in the secondary. Patrick Robinson and Kirk Coleman coming in. I think Kirk Coleman, I, 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 always, I remember seeing was like, he got paid a fair amount of money and then the safety market had literally like no action and they probably could have caught him for like half what they paid. But hey, that's the that's the rub because he was, he, he was cut so they got to cut him before, he got him before free agency started. But hey, that's how it rolls sometimes. They added some uh, defensive line help with Demarius Davis and Marcus Davenport, uh, a rookie first rounder. And they added uh, a bit of offensive line help with Jermon Bushrod and Rick Leonard. Some losses on the defense, though we're losing Kenny Vaccaro, Raphael Bush, Delvin Bro. Nothing too major there, I don't think. Uh, Mark Ingram uh, very well like has been suspended for four games. I think that'll be a big thing, but uh, Harry will probably be talking about. Um, and then a few losses on the offense. No one really here who's like central, but uh, Senio Clemente, Willie Sneed, Brandon Coleman, and of course Coon <laughs> uh, adopted uh, as always by the fans in New Orleans after his igno ignominious uh well not him. his loss from Green Bay. So I think you know, I think the big thing to talk about on the offense, like I think we all know who like we all know this team is good. We all saw what they did on offense last season, but they lose Mark Ingram. So I suppose the big thing is like they won't have Mark Ingram the first four games. Who's gonna come come in for him and do you think the offense will do fine without him? And then once they bring him back, will he be fresher? Will this offence kind of get a boost from that? Like, what's your kind of outlook on the offence? And what's such a new offence? Because Drew Brees wasn't expected to carry the whole thing.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think it, it is worth noting that I think they will probably be fine on the offence because Drew Brees, uh, basically. Like, I, I just don't think the loss of Ingram is going to be particularly critical. Sure, it's it's not an ideal world. You would rather have him there than not. But, like, you have, like, a Hall of Fame quarterback who is still playing at a very high level. You have, obviously, Alvin, Alvin Kamara, who, yes, can he handle a bigger load? We don't know, but we know he... Is something special. don't need more committed. that tape, you know, just yeah. like all <laughs> <the whole> tape. <laughs> it's gonna fucking look like the mummy. <laughs> um, and then, of course, they brought in Jonathan Williams. I think Jonathan Williams is interesting, but we haven't really seen a whole lot from his career. But you know, I think there's possibilities there. Overall, though, I feel like the offense is is going to be fine, even without Ingram, even without John Kuhn. Like Willie Snead caught three passes last season. These aren't significant losses. There, they kept like that that core together. We've seen uh, how well this receiving core can do, you know, with uh, Michael Thomas looking absolutely excellent over the last few seasons. Trey Smith smiths a very exciting rookie, and Cameron Meredith, who was probably one of the lone bright spots on that Bears offense over the last few seasons, yeah. has come in. And Ted Ginn, he's obviously, he's been Don't a big surprise since he yeah. came
1: in there. He's always getting those long plays.
0: Very effective. Yeah, so yeah, like, I think that's, like, the, the offense is fine to me. Like, they've kept the O-line together. Unless Breeze just age-caps up with him and he goes off a cliff, yeah. I think this team is going to manage just fine on that on that side of the ball.
1: Yeah, and then a tight end. Of course, they're still they brought Benjamin Watson back in. So, uh, oh, yeah. Oh my god, he's so old. <laughs> he's so old. But they did it like every. Well, since Jimmy Graham left, everyone's always in like, oh, someone has to be a good uh, like Kobe Fleener. I believe was uh, an experiment there, but no, like Jimmy Graham was a good tight end. Maybe like uh, Drew Brees is like these are not good tight ends. I will not pass to them. <laughs> he's called that's, <laughs> that's called good quarterback play uh, mm. for the uh, listeners out there. So like. <laughs> So I think, like you know, I think you're looking at that, and you're like the offense will be fine. You have Drew Brees, and the offensive line has actually become a bit of a strength. It's kind of a bit surprising there, and they have depth there as well because they've kind of built that. But I think on the defense, obviously, got some very exciting players here. Uh, they're bringing in Marcus Davenport here to kind of maybe like get that like get that uh, pass rush going even further and take a, a little bit of uh, tension away from uh, Jordan. Um, so like when you're looking at this defense, you're looking at the, obviously the defensive rookie of the year. You're at Cam Jordan. Who are some of the other players that you're kind of looking at this season who might kind of join them and being in the upper echelons of this New Orleans defense?
0: Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, that is that is certainly an interesting question. <laughs> I should um, have flagged it is with your flagged you before. You should for names. Oh no! Uh, and then you're like, oh, but, uh, minus their two best defensive players. <laughs> well, you can talk about their two yeah, best. No, th- you can fine. talk about Glademore. I mean, no, I mean we I know Glademore and and and. Well, do do do. think Glademore so. will be as good as last season. Uh, yeah. Any worries there? Yes, no, no worries at all. Um, I think like I think they're they're in a good spot. Like the fact that like obviously like, obviously like Delvin, Bro like lost his leg, like, broke his leg every time he stepped out of the shower. But he was a good player and he's healthy. But he's gone. Doesn't matter. Patrick Robinson's come in he's a solid guy who can play as a CB2 opposite uh, opposite Lattimore like we've also seen the uh, oh god they have two players called Marcus Williams that's just <laughs> fucking unreasonable uh, but the Marcus Williams I want to talk about is the cornerback who who obviously uh, fucked up yeah quite uh, famously yeah. quite famously in the game against Minnesota but he had quite a promising season other than that so if that hasn't affected his head too badly and hopefully it hasn't like that's a that's a nice depth player a nice CB3 you've got in there like this team it, and it's weird isn't it because like very recently, like two years ago, we were like this defense is trash, this defense is a fire, and it's amazing how quickly it's been turned around once uh, Rob Ryan exited the building. Really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they've really they built something like I think really good there, and I think the key pieces are in place. In terms of who to look out for, I think yeah, look out if, if he's got his head together. I think Williamson has all the talent to be a very good corner in this league. Um, so I think he'll be he'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Not Marcus Williams, the safety. I don't know anything about him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the only real concern I have with this team is that there's I I, I don't think their linebackers are particularly. You don't like Matty Taylor? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like I, I. But this is it. Like I mean, never like, forget. Taylor. <laughs> yeah, the girlfriend. A thing that happened. But we've seen them like bring in like. We haven't really brought in a huge amount of rookies guys like Nate Stupar and AJ Klein and Alex Anzalone who we saw last season are fine but yeah. none of them are particularly outstanding so this is a team that yeah I think Demario the Davis yeah, the they're Mar- gonna, like, yeah. solid it's, it's solid again yeah. they're, they're all fine like but there's nobody sort of outstanding in that linebacking core and that's the only real area I think of, of a particular weakness on this defense um, I think that they've got talent elsewhere and they've been able to ditch basically underperforming names yeah. and the guys, like, guys like Vaccaro and so on Without any huge amount of problems in the secondary, I think that that defensive line is just scary good at this point. So yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm not not particularly worried. Yeah, they'll bring back John Kuhn, I'm sure. Maybe oh, yeah. <laughs> the one player that I was kind of middle thinking, linebacker. The one player when I was kind of looking through the the
1: roster again, it's kind of like Sheldon Rankin. i kind of interested to see me. Like obviously mm. defensive uh, tackles who can get pressure up the middle. There was some idea he might be able to do that, but we'll see. I think he's had some injury issues. Maybe yes. he can make that next step in uh, Season 3. Uh, but like I think the Saints were all pretty positive on them, and I think we all expect him to do pretty well. Um, so what do you have them
0: going at this season, Harry? I have them going 11-5, which is only good enough for the fourth seed, but they're going to be NFC champs, and they're going to go to the Super Bowl. But as we know, because of the order we did the previews in, I don't think they're going to win it.
1: Lose to New England, I think. That's uh, yes, it. that's right. So, i spent a long time deciding on that one, actually. Connor has them going eleven and five, winning the NFC South uh, by. Uh, concluding from the give Falcon the Panthers the wild card of the same record, uh, but going out in the divisional round. So. Uh, one none none and done basically. I've been going twelve and four getting number two seed and actually winning the Super Bowl. I think Drew Brees is due ring number two. Ooh. Uh, there you go, a bit of a rhyme there. Uh, but uh, like I think Brees. <laughs> not like I think last season they had these like the defensive rookie year and defensive rookie year. I think they'll get better. And I think this is a team that I think has a real good feel about it. And I think should do some things. And I think you know with Peyton. He's had his issues in the past, but when. He's on fire. I think he can get that team really going. So I'm really positive on the Saints and giving them my Super Bowl winner prediction. I've been, uh, I think, teasing it for like three or four uh, previews at a time, but there's finally the payoff. So that concludes the NFC South. I think we're all pretty positive on it. There's a lot of good teams there. Now we're on the NFC West. A team, a lot of teams here in transition or big changes, and one superpower looking to build upon that and do some really interesting things. The Cardinals. Uh Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) So in the NFC West, we're looking at the San Francisco 49ers. We're looking at the Arizona Cardinals, the LA Rams, and the Seattle Seahawks, my team. So with the San Francisco 49ers, our first team... Fair amount of changes here. Obviously, uh, we're looking at a team that brought in Kyle Shanahan last season. He made a lot of changes, and it seems that the turnover continues to go on in full this offseason. So a lot of offensive line additions with Mike McLinchley, their first-round pick. Uh, Western Richburg and Jonathan Cooper. Big defensive addition with Richard Sherman uh, with the contract that may or may not be team-friendly. Depends who you ask. Don't ask Richard Sherman. <laughs> and then they brought in a major uh, offensive acquisition with Jarek Kinnan or at least the way they paid them would seem to do that and Dante <laughs> Pettis is a, is a wide receiver I believe. <laughs> in the outs they lost Daniel Kilgore, Brandon Fisco, Tim Barnes. I believe they also traded a, an offensive lineman. Trent to, Brown. Uh, Trent Brown. To, only the best right tackle in the league. Well he'll need to be. Yes. <laughs> Um, so a lot of offensive line turnover obviously here Carlos Hyde has got rid of obviously McKinnon coming in here expected to take over that uh, especially considering Matt Breida has also suffered an injury that might keep him out at the start of the season and then along the defensive backs they lost Eric Reed. Uh, well lost uh, we'll say in, in inverted commas Leon Hall and Dante Johnson um, so obviously this is a team uh, were a lot of changes but I think there was one change that obviously didn't happen in the offseason that happened last season to our new lord and saviour Jimmy Garoppolo uh, who, had, well, who came in and basically turned the 49ers from one of the saddest teams in one of, to one of the gladdest teams and he truly has made the entirety of the Bay Area extremely, extremely excited to find out what can Kyle Shanahan do with his new Jimmy G toy uh, and a full off-season of preparation. So how hyped are you, Harry, for the Jimmy
0: G experience? You remember that gif with the train? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm hyped. I'm hyped. I think Jimmy G is brilliant. <laughs> Ignore his touchdown and interception ratio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, No, I think, I think this guy's got all the talent in the world. I really think he can, if he's put in a position to succeed, I think he can lead this team to great heights. <laughs> Preferred to see him doing it in uh, the other coast but you know whatever Um, oh you'll
1: only have to do with Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all all time time.
0: I know right Uh, if only we could play two
1: quarterbacks what are you the Ravens (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah Um, no like I think this is this is this is really interesting I I it's weird. I'm high on this team but I kind of hate what they did in the offseason. <laughs> like, I I like, got- <laughs> John Lynch is like... I don't like know. Their offense has got worse in every conceivable way but I still am totally hyped for this team. I think Jimmy G's going to get it done. I think he's going to be fucking balling out throwing bombs down the field. But... uh yeah, I'm not sure what's happened with the supporting cast. Like, they got rid of a lot of really good offensive linemen. Oh, I should mention, they, really... they recently
1: picked up Alfred Morris. They course. did pick up Alfred
0: Morris. I was, gonna, I was coming to that. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's okay, it's okay, <laughs> don't worry. He's my, my original boy, Alfred Morris. I fucking love that kid. Uh, and it's a Shanahan offense, so yeah, I think I think Al Shanahan was the offense coordinator in Washington when Morris was playing there. Yeah. So, you know, that's a good thing, because Jarrett McKinnon fucking sucks. <laughs> Jarek McKinnon is a tremendous athlete who does not know how to play football. Like, I'm sorry. He's like one of the highest, like, spark you things of all time. And he, like, just <laughs> runs into line. Like, he's... he's For God's sake, like... I don't get it. I don't get the Jarek McKinnon thing. I think Carlos Hyde is a better running back in every facet of the game. I... Think if Alfred Morris has got anything left in the tank, I think Alfred Morris could take that starting spot from him. I'm not particularly high on Breida. Raheem Mostert is a great special teams player, not a running back. Like I think that's a really weird thing they're in like right now. You know, like their best running back is probably their fullback. It, it, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> well, he's getting sure paid how, like a running back. <laughs> what you is, you, you want him to be fair, I don't like the change on the O line. I think like Trent Brown is an exceptional player. I'm not sure that getting rid of him was necessarily a good thing. I think Fusco going is a weird one. Uh, Joe Staley's got to be about 140 years old at this point. Like, yeah, yeah. But they're all defensive linemen are like a yeah. new thing. Yeah. You know? Oh, is it? Okay, okay. I missed that. I missed that. Um, oh, I yeah. Like, Jonathan Cooper's on the fucking roster for this <laughs> sake. Like, it's. I don't think it's terrible, but I just don't see how it's moved forward. You know, I, like The supporting cast I don't think has moved forward. I don't think they've made any particular additions at wide receiver. And there's been a lot of like, off-season camp hype around Pettis, but we have that all the time I don't know what's going to make that better I think Marquis Goodwin showed last season that he can play well but other than him I I don't think there's any like left there Pierre Garcon is old and has struggled with injury over the last few seasons yeah like but I don't care because Jimmy Garoppolo is going to fucking tear <laughs> it up it doesn't matter like he made Jalen Ramsey like an idiot last season it's all about scheme whatever Jalen yeah come on man like <laughs> the scheme is beating you what a clever plan! <laughs> you understand, I don't know. Jay Ramsey understands football on a deep level. He actually does, but that was a really stupid comment. Um, so, yeah, I'm just not sure where, I'm not sure how this team is going to move the ball except through the magic of Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm okay with that. He's going to be so handsome, like, he'll just flash his eyes at defensive linemen and they'll just stop in their tracks. Like, no, I don't know. I just Damn, don't... that's a good looking man. <laughs> I believe
1: in this team, but for no particular reason, basically. <laughs> <certainly. laughs> Oh, we believe in you, Jimmy G. Oh my God. One thing that you may not believe in so much, I assume, is uh, this uh, reform secondary. A lot of investment made here in terms of draft picks, especially on the front. But I think the emphasis, obviously, with Richard Sherman coming in is on that defensive back. I think Richard Sherman is obviously expected to receive one coming off a major injury. Obviously, not someone who was necessarily had all the speed. He was more of a technician. But obviously, there's a certain point where, you know, you need a certain amount of speed to, to kind of make do with wide receivers in the yeah. in, in, in the NFL. And then I believe he's currently... Like, the current favourite to be CB2 is, like, a pub. Uh, an oh, English yeah. exchange of pubs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, his name is Witherspoon. Okay, uh, but, like, you're looking at... Like, you have, like, like Chickasetar, I think, they're bringing back. And then the, they have another safety as well, Jimmy Ward, who they were all right last season, though they, I wouldn't consider him to be elite. And, obviously, they like Eric Riesling Eric got rid of... Yeah. Uh, they're probably better than Leon Hall, at least. But like you're looking at this defensive, I can't believe he's still
0: in the roster. Yes. Yeah, when you look
1: at this defensive like set of players, so lots of players, you're like, oh, that guy was supposed to be good. Like that guy was drafted high. That guy is good. Or like here's like Richard Sherman but when you look at all these pieces do you see that actually uh, Robert Salah the current defensive uh, like the who's like their defensive coordinator from last season is he actually going to be able to put this together into some kind of functional form this season or do we expect another kind of situation where Jimmy G is going to have to do even a lot more miracles than uh, he would well I'll the like defensive
0: coordinator he's very good at like squatting on the sideline and getting picked up by the camera like he's actually one of the few def- defensive coordinators I could pick out of a fucking lineup because for some reason whenever the Niners played he was on the telly every five minutes I don't know what that was about <laughs> that's just a really weird note from last season I just wanted to put that out there every other defensive coordinator just looks like Mike Smith yeah. <laughs> 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 He's like so hunched over, down his haunches. And I'm like, what? Why are we seeing this guy? <laughs> is he just finding the camera and kind of shuffling over like a crab and just in front of like, I don't know. But yeah, like I'm not even sure this is a defense. Like, I don't think I'm the Richard. Or... I don't think any of these guys are meant to be good. I think guys like <laughs> just quisky Tart and with their spoon were spoon. we like <laughs> mid-round accidents that just kind of worked out all right. Like I know Jimmy Ward. I think was quite highly drafted, but he hasn't been that good. The whole defense is a bit weird. Like I think the D- I think the D line is pretty good. I think the rest of it is. Mm, you You trust the names on the D line? Like these first round picks like Armstead and Buckner well, I think and we've Solomon. Seen, I think we've seen decent play from them. Like they're not fantastic, but they're good. I think we've seen decent play from these guys over the last couple of seasons. Uh, and, and, and you know, I, I, saw, I assume you mean Solomon Thomas, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I, I think they've been fine. Like it's a solid unit. The, the rest of the defense I think is a hot mess. I agree with you that there's huge question marks over the defensive backs. He's going um, MVP, Malcolm Smith, though. You know? Well, I'll see Ruben Foster is supposed
1: to be their elite linebacker. Yeah, okay, so your he's elite linebacker is kind
0: of- domestic abuser, allegedly. Definitely. Yeah, Like, I just, I'm not... Fuck not me. Dakota Watson is still in the league. Man, this is <laughs> weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I like this team so much. <laughs> I just kind of do. There's a real paucity of talent uh, on that on that yeah. defense. And they are putting a lot on, like you said, on a guy who's probably past his best and coming off a major injury but uh, it doesn't matter jimmy g is gonna have many yards the other quarterback's gonna throw for jimmy g is gonna throw for that many plus one like yeah if, if if they actually
1: do really well this season and like like well let's say like they win a super bowl uh i think you're the only, t- the only person who may think that that could happen even with jimmy oh, g-, g i don't, g- I don't, I don't, like I don't think <laughs> like if they, somebody, somebody like i think john lynch would join like uh you know the john elway and uh who was the the, the colts uh GM. Oh, Grigson. Grigson. Oh, yeah. Of like the, we got a good quarterback, they saved <laughs> our asses Hall of Fame uh, situation. Now, John O'Reilly anyway actually awesome. gets into the real Hall of Fame as well, uh, due to being a good quarterback. But yeah, like I, I, I agree with you. I love Jimmy G. He's doing, he did some really good stuff on that. I think, you know, uh, like you know, for fantasy perspective uh you should pick up like Marquise goodwin and george kittle i think it's an injury issue but if he if he if he's okay then maybe pick him as well but like i think yeah like the defense you have that talent on the defensive line though i'm not as high in it because i don't think they've made use of it and a lot of it was got when they were going for a 3-4 defense and they're like salads so i kind of tr- more three. of a 4-3 4, three, four three base although it's more of a hybrid system
0: well it's 4-3 because they only have three
1: linebackers on the yeah the roster. <laughs> <laughs> so i think I think I, I'm pretty much in concurrence with you. I don't quite believe in the same level as Jimmy G as you but I definitely think it's a team that they're riding a wave right now and then maybe like, I, like personally like John Lynch is not a very good GM. I no. think they should get rid of him and get an actual GM who doesn't overpay players except for Richard Sherman because he represents himself. God Richard Sherman. Like you just needed any agent they could beat John Lynch. but well, it eventually worked
0: out for what's his face then. Tackle. Uh, yeah, but that
1: was only because Tackle literally just got paid infinite money no matter true, what. Yeah. Uh, but I think, yeah, like I'm. I, I like the Steam, I like Jimmy G, but for the same reason, I'm like, I don't know why I kind of like it except for Jimmy G,
0: but I think it'll just kind of work out okay. <laughs> but not as good. Work. So for you, what are you getting, them? I. <laughs> I have them going completely indefensible, twelve and four, uh, getting the sixth seed and getting immediately eliminated in the wildcard card round because like I can only stretch my credulity that much.
1: Is this less defensible than your Raiders? <laughs> was it you who gave the Raiders a chance? Oh yeah,
0: but like I can get, I have them like, getting into the playoffs like on a tiebreak with Cleveland. I mean, <laughs> but yes, no, this is significantly more defensible than that Raider. Like, what was I thinking? Saying that Raiders <laughs> the Raiders are waiting? I've never seen that. The Raiders are going to go like. 2 40. The Raiders are going to fucking suck.
1: <laughs> the record will show that he did not say that. I didn't. I'm just not
0: correcting the record. Yeah. Because I was wrong.
1: Uh, so Connor hasn't gone 9 and 7, presumably not making the playoffs. I'm going and 7 and 9, not making the playoffs either. But I think we're all expecting to be a lot more. A lot, they're a lot, a lot much better placed now than they were at the start of last season. And uh, I think, with the exception of John Lynch, who's just not a very good GM, I think this is a team that, if they could put their shit together, Kyle Shanahan could put together a really good uh, team we'll see if they can do that even with the random number generator that is John Lynch's offseason travails. So then we move on to the Arizona Cardinals, obviously a team in massive, massive transition. Uh, Obviously Bruce Arians, retired, Uh, he'll be joining the uh, broadcast booth, I think he'll be pretty good there. Uh, And they've brought in Steve Wilkes, uh, the Carolina defensive coordinator, kind of Uh, Someone who is known for being an aggressive uh, defensive coordinator and was very aggressive, apparently, in trying to get this job, like went out there to the beach and was annoying. Um, uh, The uh, GM, what's his name? Which, Which beach? I don't know which beach. Arizona remember. doesn't have beaches. Well, he probably wasn't in Arizona Desert. during the offseason. Desert. Uh, st- <laughs> Steve Keem, uh, the, yeah. who was arrested, I believe, for oh, a quote, DUI. Extreme
0: DUI. Yeah. And also tried to pretend he was a security guard. <laughs> yes, uh, and said that he couldn't. He, he tried to get out of it by saying he'd eaten too much pizza to do a sobriety test. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> too fair, Steve Keem has generally been pretty good at the actual evaluation of players he's like, he's like uh, he? a rich man Scott McLoughan maybe I don't know well he denied all those but look allegedly a lot of, well that wasn't allegedly but like yeah. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Steve Kine you know maybe maybe uh, sort that, that stuff but in terms of what they did in the offseason obviously the major change also including a uh, Arians is the quarterback changeover. They brought in the Great White Hope, Sam Bradford, because Sam Bradford must start quarterback somewhere at the start of the season before his like degenerative knees like degenerate. It's like he has degenerative knee disease and his knees keep
0: degenerating. His, I don't know his degenerative knee disease that he keeps keeps being hit by Dumbacon Sue. <laughs> he loves it. Did you see? Um, did you see? Sue was on uh, PFT commenters thing and he was just talking like (laughs) crushing Sam Bradford (laughs) Mm, those are tasty needs but of course
1: they obviously drafted a quarterback in the first round Josh Rosen who's been kind of mixed so far in the offseason but hasn't been helped by the fact that the apparently second string uh, offensive line is like absolute trash and the first string offensive (laughs) line is slightly less trashy like maybe it's like recycling bin trash rather than like brown bin trash (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so apparently like Josh Rosen they got rid of him in the first preseason game because the offensive line was trying to kill him basically but uh, they also have some changes on the offence uh, in terms of additions they brought in Justin Pugh big offensive line acquisition Andre Smith a less big uh, offensive line acquisition left more off the, off the scrap heap and Christian Kirk brought in hopefully to replace uh, the latest in the long list of people who Larry Fitzgerald will suck the soul out of uh, Christian Kirk and obviously the huge thing is David Johnson coming off that uh, hand injury uh, looking really good already uh, obviously he's expected to be a major impact on that offense in terms of the loss obviously Carson Palmer Drew Stanton have been replaced by Sam Bradford and Josh Rosen and then on the defense they lost Tyron Matthew uh, obviously had his injuries issues Tyvon Branch Justin Bettel a lot of change in that secondary and then on the offense a huge turnover again in terms of the weapons although I uh, don't know how many of these are actually good they weren't like john brown jerome brown adrian peterson jared valdeer i don't think they made any of those major losses i think carson Palmer's only a real big change in the offense so i think you know steve wilkes he's been brought in he's a defensive coordinator obviously he had an aggressive defensive style a lot of blitzing in that panthers uh last year and with a fair amount of success to be fair Uh, a lot of like kind of Talent kind of spir- like throughout the defense, like Patrick Peterson's obviously a huge player in that defensive secondary. You think of like young players like Budda Baker, and then obviously Chandler Jones, who I love, and I'm sure you you'll tell us why why you love him as well and why you want him back in New England. Maybe um, I guess, but like Chandler Jones, uh, elite defensive end, will be moved to OLB uh, this offseason. So, do you think with the uh, losses that they had in the secondary, can they make up for that? But do you think that, even with that, can Steve Wilk kind of create... Like, with the personnel they have, do you think an aggressive, like, uh, like blitz-heavy kind of thing could get the best out of this defensive uh, of roster with Steve Wills coming in? So teams
0: team's been running an aggressive, blitz-heavy defense for the last forever, and we saw a lot worked out last season. <laughs> <laughs> you do need, like, really good cover corners to be able to do that, and they have Patrick Peterson, and then... Uh, some dudes. Like <laughs> uh no. Good, no. good good band name there. <laughs> Patrick Peterson, the dudes. I love it. Um yeah, no, I think is my answer to that. Like I'm not convinced. This is a team that's starting a rebuild, basically. I don't know if ditching like I mean like like Terry Matthew, yeah, he's got injury concerns, right? But I mean like it's not like the safety market is in any way good at the moment it's not going to be expensive to re-sign him he's a very good player when he's healthy so I, I well I, their I issue just, would been,
1: he was already on a big contract I think wasn't he so they had to cut him and like well, obviously he, mean, he probably didn't want to come back because of his own ego type of issues yeah I mean yeah and I suppose they end up with
0: Trey Boston which isn't necessarily the worst replacement yeah. but like I just I'm just not sure where where, where this, this feels like the start of something rather than something complete you know and I think this is the start of a transition and it's going to be difficult uh, I'm not sure the talent is really there in terms of the pass rushes that they've had in the past like outside of Chandler Jones I'm not really sure where pressure comes from on this defense I think Golden's like, pretty blank interior yeah, interior think, yeah, is a big question I'm not sure I mean but they they, they they have that like we used to have like guys like Clace K- Campbell in there who were just oh, making yeah. balls so I just really don't think they, they've been able to recapture that kind of thing Nick and DJ um, yeah <laughs> for talent well I think no it hasn't like there's just a lot of like guys who are fighting. put right a window here. where
1: the <laughs> <laughs> offensive line
0: is yeah well, we've talk about the offensive line in a minute but, but I, I, I just don't see that this team has the, the talent to play the way it wants to play yet and I would hope anyway that nobody expects this team to be a, a contender because it, it isn't, um, it really isn't like this is the tail end of an Arians team that had essentially gone stale by the time he left that was continuing to play a certain way that it no longer had the personnel to, to do so. And I think what we're seeing here is the start of a clear out and bringing in players, but there's an awful lot of work still left to do. So I'd be very skeptical of it all falling into place right now. And I don't think they have the personnel to do that.
1: So it'll be interesting. Like I think there's the, you're right. There's so many players that are trying to prove themselves there. And some of them have like, varying degrees in terms of their current performance. Like, like with the exception of like Patrick Peterson uh, and Chandler Jones, everyone else is kind of up for question. Like Marcus Golden, that's someone who's had a good record. Like in terms of the positives, like Marcus Golden, but a Baker there. Look, like people who look like they have opportunities, and then like Hassan Reddick someone that maybe could make a, a leap here. But yeah, I think it was a, a dif- defense in transition anyway, with a lot of change last offseason, and there's even more this season. I think Steve Wilkes has a big job in his hand. We'll see if his. Like he obviously he's kind of was obviously well 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 considered by by the league so we'll see if he can live up to that. suppose as well as then on the offense you're looking at Sam Bradford uh, or Josh Rosen. Uh, like a, like I'll get your like, a, like your kind of quick take on who do you think is going to be starting and what that's going to go, how that's going to go. But then I think you know the big thing Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson, they're expected to carry this team and an offensive line that's pretty bad basically like do you think this is a team like bruce arian's obviously known for an offensive that was very explosive like lots of passes and thing put his quarterback in a lot of danger do you think this offense under steve wilkes will become a bit more conservative and if they do will they still manage to make any production and manage to do stuff. Is David Johnson and Liverjill basically enough to build an entire offense around? Uh, and is there a quarterback there who can do enough with those two themselves? Yeah, not
0: with that O line, there isn't, no. And I mean, you want my quick take on the quarterback situation? Sam Bradford's going to get hurt after about three weeks. They're going to put Josh Rose, and he's going to get murdered because of the O line. then they're going to put in, I think, Mike Glennon, and then he's going to get murdered because of the O line. <laughs> That'll be like week six. And then they'll have a choice between Colin Kaepernick or Christian Hackenberg. And because their fan base and owners are racist, they'll sign Hackenberg. That's what's going to happen. The Arizona Cardinals quarterback room, midpoint of the season. Um, yeah this O-line is A absolute trash fire And I mean look at The look at their big acquisitions Like you said Like I mean Andre Smith Who is like Done at this point And Justin Pugh Formerly of the New York Giants Who were known for their Excellent defensive line Over the last few seasons That definitely didn't allow Any sacks But he was the basically. good one I mean you'd <laughs> have been The good one If you were like next to Eric Flowers <laughs> like, oh, Fucking wrong Oh no Western Riddle stole well, it over again I actually showed up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's oh jesus like
1: dj humphrey is their like left tackle i believe uh that's the who's who's currently being put in there either him or andre smith so yeah that's not that's not good good. especially when your quarterback
0: has a long history of getting like broken to his constituent parts and oh yeah and you're playing in a division with and aaron donald and like like, come on man like this is gonna get (laughs) ugly i like look I think Johnson is a great running back. I think he's going to have a good season. I think he's a type of player who can do that even with a shitty O line. But yeah. I don't think he's going to be able to do enough to elevate this team. I think like, like as long as that O line continues to be as garbage as it is, and like I said, having to pull your second string quarterback because they're about to get murdered by a second string defense in a preseason game like that should really worry you. And we already know the the starting O line is bad. So yeah, I don't I, I don't like the chances of their quarterbacks making it through the season intact. This this could get like. Ugly.
1: Yeah, uh, I think I think that like there's enough talent there that they won't completely collapse. But yeah, I don't think it's uh it's not going to be a great season for the Cardinals. But I think, don't, don't think anyone's expecting them to be immediately competitive. But there is kind of a lower bound, I think, for a team like this. Holy shit, Greg Little is still in the league. Yeah, Greg Little and Bryce Butler are kind of uh, there. There, well, along Christian Kirk is kind of like who's competing to be behind Larry Fitzgerald. He will steal all their souls, so it's fine. <laughs> and like you know, as like I said, David Johnson, he can make a lot of things happen both in the passing and in the run game. He'll probably be their second best receiver after Larry. But yeah, there's so many questions here. But I think didn't their best tight
0: end get arrested as well or something?
1: uh yes Aye. uh but ricky seals jones is is, is 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 yeah he's, he's like there's a hype around him it's a lot of hype this season but i think like this is it's one of those teams i think they'll play you tough is what they'll probably be known for but they probably won't win enough games to actually be relevant maybe they'll split with the seahawks though, that always happens uh yes and one of them will be like six six or something <laughs> like that. so given all that what's your prediction
0: for them this season uh, four and twelve this team is going to suck and get all their quarterbacks killed
1: Connor has been going two and fourteen, so I think he believes the same thing, presumably. And they'll be playing Blaine Gabbert or something, or uh, by week seventeen or Geno Smith or something. Uh, I'm slightly more optimistic. I think Josh Rosen will come in and he'll he'll do some things, and he won't die, uh, hopefully. And he's one he actually he's one of those frail. Snowflakes from geez, the geezer. west coast. Of course, he'll fail under the wilt under the pressure of real men in the NFL. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, analysis uh internet seven and nine uh, it's my prediction no playoffs for them but uh i'm more optimistic that david johnson can just do magic basically because i need it for my fantasy team <laughs> that moves on to the last year winner of the nfc west the la rams a lot of huge moves this offseason going for some really big nfl names we're talking about nakamagos sue marcus peters keep to league on the defence and then Brandon Cooks on the offence all of these obviously huge playmakers all coming off seasons where they continue to show that they are elite talent in the NFL and obviously for an LA Rams team that had plenty of talent to start with uh, pretty big splashes from Sean McVay the second year young second year coach obviously there's one in terms of the people that are out we're talking Tremaine Johnson obviously kind of league decent Tremaine Johnson kind of uh, cornerback Mo Alexander safety Sammy Watkins and Taven Austin got rid of Tavon it's oh, no. a thing. Alec Oldtree-Ogletree was traded away to the Giants, and Connor Barwin and Dominique Easley were also let go. Wait, Connor um, Barwin was on the Rams last season. Who? Connor Barwin? Was yes, he, he was. That? Oh uh, shit! You didn't care because their defense was pretty good, Adam. Obviously, hey, there's <laughs> obviously there's a huge question mark as we record over the status of Aaron Donald, currently on holdout, I believe, and obviously expected to hold out until he gets paid commensurate to his talent which is basically what Nuzamaga Sue got uh, in Miami. Uh, probably it's what we're looking at. Uh, maybe slightly less uh, since they're now winning and you can probably get a bit of a discount if you're winning and you, you're, you're on the same team. So Obviously, Aaron Donald, he was in a hole that last season and came in and was like killed, kicked ass anyway, even after a truncated preseason. So, if they do a deal, I don't expect him to have any issues. There's only a question there. I think Khalil Mack, there's more of a more blood, blood there right now. I think Aaron Donald, they'll sort something out here, but but keep an eye on it uh, as the preseason goes on. So, we're looking at this high set, like these, this set of massive acquisitions for the Rams. Who do you think is going to make the biggest impact of them? Who are you most excited to see on what was a team that was already kind of kicking ass?
0: Uh, Probably Marcus Peters, to be honest. I think he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. I think he had some problems last season, um, but that was in a Chiefs team that was going through a very, uh, shall we say, difficult time. I think, like, one on one against a receiver, he's an absolute top guy. Um, They used to go with, you know, with Tremaine Johnson leaving and so on to step up. I think he's better at this stage in his career than Akita Talib is. And I think that, that that's going to make a, a huge difference. This team's again ability to shut down WR1s. And when you have, you know, m- more than one guy who could possibly be a starting, uh, sorry, a CB1 in this league on your team, that's huge. It's what Denver did with Tlaib and Chris Harris for a while. Uh, I think we could see Peters and Tlaib do the same kind of thing. And that's going to make a huge difference. So this is still going to be a defense first team. We still know Jared Goff is quite limited in a lot of what he does. So I'm really, really excited to see the change. The Impact these guys will have on what was already a pretty good secondary. Let's be honest, but I think this is a insane move that makes it stronger. And when I look at this roster, I'm just like, how your cap, how?
1: Yeah, they also made like a few like lower key uh, defensive back acquisitions. Things like Ricky uh, Nickel, Robbie Coleman, and Sam Shields. Sam Shields. So it's not just that they just have those two guys. They have some depth there to perhaps uh, put in the slot and also kind of maybe uh, also not challenge probably those two because they're way too good but at least if one of them would sound they're not completely screwed so you're you're excited for this defense basically uh, even with the linebacker situation I have a little question about that or does it not matter because you're Wade Phillips and you have all this talent on the on yeah, boat uh, I mean between but, the like around the sandwich yeah, of this certainly, mediocre
0: Certainly questions about it, but I think that that's very true that there are problems there but again like if, assuming Aaron Donald comes back like that that D line is just scary good then you've got a very good defensive backfield, and yeah I mean like there's a lot of like unproven players on this linebackers squad basically and I don't know how good most of them are probably not good at it, it is certainly a problem and they have let talent go there I mean looking through the list uh, Mark Barron is really the only name I recognize he's pretty all right um, <laughs> but this is one of those things where again like you like you said and I think you hit on the key thing like I'm less worried about that in a Wade Phillips offense versus like when I was talking earlier about teams that have policy talent. I'm like look this is a defense coordinator who you know can kind of get it done so if there is a defensive coordinator in the league who can come up with schemes to compensate for that uh, issue, I think Wade Phillips is probably that guy, let's be honest. like Yeah, so I think yeah, I, I'm, right.
1: I'm pretty positive on the defense as well. I think these acquisitions are all good. So as well, then the questions come onto to the offense. And for me, I think Connor always has the same opinion. I've never been a massive Jared Goff fan. I agree. Um, obviously, a lot of talk last last season about, like, basically, McVeigh having to feed the, like, offensive calls and then the reads of the defense into his ear and then the 15-second cutoff and how he didn't look good when defenses made, like, late adjustments and all kinds of, like, rumors out there. And obviously, McVeigh would never admit it because McVay's one of these, like, super positive people. But you have Jared Goff there. They're surrounding him with another, like, uh, playmaker in Brandon Cooks. Obviously, he has managed to do great things with Tom Brady and Andrew Brees. Bit of a step down here. Will he do <laughs> the same things? And then, obviously, the, the engine of this offense is Todd Gurley. We I assume uh, we don't expect any slowdown here. You're kind of positive in that. And yep. this, the offensive line, which is like like Andrew Whitworth's probably the, the standout name, but shouldn't have any issues. So, like, on the offense, are you worried at all that Jared Goff? And I think we're all expecting him to make the, the playoffs, uh, or at least to be competitive in the NFC. Do you think Jared Goff is the thing which might screw them over at the top end when they get to the into the top table of the playoffs? Yeah, I think that's
0: kind of where it does become an issue because I think if you want to talk about like putting a, a young quarterback who isn't that good at stuff in a situation to succeed, I think he's in a situation to succeed. But yeah, you'd have to think that when this team comes up against you know where he needs to keep pace with a a Drew Brees or you know if they an Aaron Rodgers make the Super Bowl with Tom Brady uh, well we know that don't think that's going to happen so <laughs> kind of redundant but um, yeah that, that's where you would be worried about his, his his ability to keep up and his ability to uh, deal with more savvily coach defenses uh, where he has to yeah where teams can also just explode an offense and just essentially leave you uh, behind or just match you point for point and wait for you to make the first fuck up um, but with that said, I think, look, I mean, McVay is making the absolute best of that situation. If he's able to talk in his ear and get him going, that's what you need to do. That's what you do. A good quarterback, as as uh, Jalen Ramsey said, as a guy who does what you need him to do, <laughs> right? Like Goff has done pretty much what has been asked of him. The addition of Brandon Cooks I like. I think we it's probably a step up from the guy they had playing that role uh, last year in uh, Watkins. This offense made uh, Robert Woods look good last season. Like, I think this, this can... This can work. I, I do agree that, that Goff right now is not at the level, or basically based on last season, is not at the level where we're going to see him become somebody who can just take over and just win games by himself, but he's not a guy who's bad enough to single-handedly lose his team games. He's not going to fucking Blake Bortles it, you know? Like yeah. That's the difference, and I think with that in mind, uh, yeah, I think that this team is going to have no problem in the majority of games but yes when he's put into those tougher situations I haven't seen enough from Goff yet to indicate that he is a good quarterback who can make the difference there but there's just so much good coaching and good talent on this team right now that that really only does become a worry I think at the upper tier
1: yeah I think uh, yeah I'm I like Jared Goff like if I was being really optimistic I might say I'm having maybe like a Matt Stafford tribe directory kind of being yeah uh, I think he's in a much better... I think he's actually getting good coaching. <laughs> Matt Stafford kind of... Stafford. Like Matt Stafford, I take the long road in terms of uh, coach, uh, just throw just throw the ball to Calvin Johnson, basically. I think Zharkov's getting a bit of much better tutelage, but I think uh, he could develop into that kind of like strong-arm thing. I think he's got the arm to take advantage of Brandon Cooks, and that's a massive thing, and I think Brandon Cooks has generally succeeded wherever he's gone, uh, but just not in the way to it's certainly like. But now he's finally found a home where they'll pay him a shit ton of money so he's pretty happy with that I think we all expect the Rams to be you know pretty like to be competitive in the NFC but maybe that Jared Goff question is why we're all a little bit like mm, I'm not I'm not totally sold on this compared to the you know raft of like super quarterbacks in the NFC that exists right now it's just such a there's so many good quarterbacks in this conference it's so hard like if you see Jared Goff and you're like that's just not this, this this thing is not like the others basically so in terms of your prediction for the Rams, what do you got them?
0: I have them going 13-3, and three, which is actually going to be good enough for the one seed. And then they're going to run into New Orleans immediately and get eliminated in the divisional round.
1: That seems fair. Um, we have... Connor giving them 11-5, and being the number four seed, but actually being the NFC Championship, but losing the Super Bowl. I don't know who that was to. Probably New England or someone like that.
0: It's the AFC, so like I can't imagine it would be anybody
1: else. Steelers, perhaps. But in terms of me, I have them getting the number three seed and actually getting knocked out in the wildcard, I believe. So... Like obviously, I want them to lose, so <laughs> that that's just uh, part of the deal there as well. I'd say, but I think like the Rams, we expect them to be good, um, and I think yeah, they're, like, they'll be exciting to watch as well. I think the big difference is if that defense suddenly just becomes a monster, then that might be good enough to bring them all the way to the to the ring. Mm-hmm. So then we move on to the Seattle Seahawks, a team uh, in transition um, in many ways, both in the uh, in terms of their coaching staff, but also in terms of their personnel. So in terms of the additions. A lot of changes in the uh, the coaching ranks with Daryl Bevel, Tom Cable, and Chris Richard being replaced with Brian Schottenheimer, Mike Salari, and Ed Norton Jr. Like Seattle is the only team in the league where like the offensive line coach is like a talking point, and that's because like Tom Cable, like well he beat up someone once, but he also is just one of those people that people they're very marmite on him in terms of his like whether he's a genius or not. Uh, last
0: year is probably
1: not a genius us, yeah <laughs> give us an answer on that one um, in terms of addition
0: he, he, oh he's in Oakland now oh god yeah, the yeah. Raiders are going to win two games
1: so in, in terms of like offensive additions they added Ed Dixon a kind of blocking tight end Will Disley in the draft another blocking tight end uh, DJ Fluker uh, was added to the offensive line for, for our sins Dwayne Brown was obviously picked up last season like in the middle of the season through trade uh, as their left tackle that's obviously a big change and then Rashad Penny was picked in the first round as a new running back uh, to pair with uh, Chris Carson then on the defensive, they also picked up kind of just like solid veterans and some uh, and some uh, rookies. Uh, Tom Johnson, Rashim Green, uh, and Barkevius Mingo uh, are some of those names. There's a, like a lot of other changes, but like too long to go into here. In terms of losses, a lot of turnover on the offense. Obviously, Jimmy Graham and Paul Richardson. That's a lot of uh, targets lost uh, for um, lost for Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin's also currently doing injury uh, with a lot of uncertainty over whether he'll be. Like one of those lingering injuries that might go into the season and that leave them uh, quite thin at wide receiver uh, and then well they lost some running backs thomas rawls eddie lucy they existed uh, they are gone uh, that's not a big deal and then luke wilson uh, another tight end they lost and then on the defense just a massive exodus of names uh due to various reasons uh, richard sherman Deshaun Shedd, jeremy lane in the defensive backfield uh obviously count chancellor is is basically retired now so you can you can pretty much count him in there as well uh and obviously michael bennett Cliff Averill and Sheldon Richardson along the front. Those were all, uh, like, veterans who have, you know, won Super Bowls and made, made massive contributions. And, of course, Earl Thomas, the holdout continues. And this, along with the Khalil Mack holdout, is uh, one of those situations that people are not very optimistic right now. Will actually get resolved before the season. This is one where it'll go into the season. That's the expectation right now. And, obviously, Earl Thomas, one of the best safeties in the league. Uh, that's a massive loss for them, as long as that happens as well. So... Given all those changes, a lot of changes, a lot of losses, a lot of like people being expected to come in and do stuff. Harry probably has heard of like five people on the team at this point, so uh, I don't expect that to be uh, very fun. But given all these changes, what's your read on basically anything? Offense, defense. What, what's 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 flashing out to you as like? Like, what's going on here? What are they going to do here? What's this team doing? It's funny. That was my my first response. It's going to be, what is this team doing? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what this team is doing, man. It's weird.
0: Like, I think there's certainly still talent there. And like, you know, Russell Wilson can do magic. But like, I just... ah. Like, if you're going to try and rebuild, like, your O-line that's been a shit show, yeah, fair enough, okay, Dwayne Brown, good addition. They're like, oh, from DJ Fluger, he's been good for, in 2014. Oh, he's a real grifter in the, I like, mean, you know. It, 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 it just strikes me as being a little bit incoherent. It's <laughs> like the fact that they're just trying to get a million blocking tight ends to do with the fact <laughs> <that> O-line sucks. It's <laughs> not a solution. So maybe they're just going to start five tight ends across <laughs> the line. I don't know, man. <laughs> Um... Like it's it's weird. I'm like, take that, Jimmy Graham. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> never shall we see the likes of him again. <laughs> obviously, obviously, the Rashad Penny acquisitions attempt to fix the gigantic problems they had at running back. But I don't think the problems they had at running back were really running back problems. They were O line problems, which haven't remained resolved. The exodus of talent from the defense continues. Although at this point, we're maybe dealing with guys who are might have a little more coasting on things they've done in the past and what they were doing immediately there so maybe well, the not... in terms
1: of their buy-in a lot of talk uh, with yes. these guys when they left that they, they don't buy the, the Pete Carroll uh, no. stories course, anymore keeping
0: hold of Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright is, is huge uh, obviously a hugely important part of the, of the linebacking core like it just all feels a bit flaily at this point like it's a team that needs to do a rebuild but isn't really ready to commit to it yet and is kind of just throwing bits and bobs together to see how it works and I think, like, what you mentioned there is a huge thing as to whether or not, like, this, this team sort of, Pete Carroll's ability to to drag this team together was a huge part of keeping together what was, like, let's be honest, like quite an, I hate this shit, but it's true, like, a difficult locker room, there are a lot of, like, big personalities in there for a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of time, and I think that once his grip kind of loosened on that, and once he started letting guys who were leaders in that leave, like Marshall and Lynch, it's kind of like controlled to... chaos, but then the yeah. chaos <laughs> the chaos sort of took over. At Entropy. Point. It's a bitch. bitch <laughs> like Russell Wilson is not able to like inspire. You know, With his entourage it's, it's, yeah. and his bubble water, nano <laughs> <Never> bubbles. <laughs> Yay. So yeah, I mean, like, there's definitely still talent on this team. Like, Shaquille Griffin showed flashes at cornerback. I actually really like. Shakim Griffin's pickup uh, from thinking he's apparently been just. Everywhere in training camp, real like high motor guy, you know, but genuinely is there. I, I the, the, the cornerbacks worry me at this point, though, outside of Griffin. Like, I mean, Byron Maxwell was never good. It turns out he was just made to look good when you surrounded him with <laughs> pro ball caliber players. Um, there's a lot of like uncertainty there, and that's the, the problem is that, like, the, the whatever the Legion of Boom, the, the last piece of that are pretty much gone at this stage with um, Thomas's holdout and, and yeah. Chance's retirement. So, yeah, it just seems like there hasn't been a real commitment to fixing a lot of the problems, and I think there are enough patches there that this team will continue to get by. Uh, I think Russell Wilson will work enough bullshit magic to win... More games he, than this team necessarily should. He was literally the entire offense last year, like literally, like was it like eighty something percent of
1: all the yards where Russell I think were Russell Wilson? We're
0: looking at the same kind of thing this season, to be honest. With you. <laughs> and that's exactly it. Like I think that there's been a lot of changes, but I, I, it feels like you know it's rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. The team is st- is still going to be okay, but not anywhere near what it used to be. And until they really commit to that and have a proper plan and how they're moving forward, I just see this team being kind of, it'll still win games, it'll still beat teams, it'll still be tough, but it's just not going to pose a threat to the upper tier. And in a division now where the Rams look as good as they look and the 49ers have Jimmy Caroppolo, Garoppolo, <laughs> that's not good enough, you know?
1: Yeah, like, I like you know, obviously I follow all the Seahawks stuff because I'm a fan and I think you're, you're on the money there. I think, Th- like, Thomas is, like, The emblem of exactly what you're saying is a team in transition, but they're holding on to a player who doesn't want to be there anymore and is saying that he's going to hold out, basically going to hold out the 10 games uh, and then come back, obviously, to get his free agency next season. Um, Basically, the most disruptive thing you can do. But I think, like, you know, like, that's a player, maybe he was, like, I played along these kind of legends, these people I like, grew up with, and now I mean, you're expecting you to play with, like, Tedrick Thompson and Bradley McDougal or whatever. Uh, Byron Maxwell's still there. Like, I think he probably respects Shaquille Griffin. Uh, but, like, and then on the, like, I think the defensive line is actually the biggest question mark. They're expecting Dion Jordan to be, like, a major contributor there. Like, Rasheem Green has looked good. And then, Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't even realise. I thought he was yeah. retired. so there's a lot of yeah he was basically retired for a season but he's actually got some sacks last season but he's now injured again so like the defensive line is actually the biggest question mark they have Jaron Reid he's looked pretty good and they've got some there's just no one on that defensive line who's an impact player anymore well Frank
0: Clark is if you're his girlfriend yeah well (laughs) Frank
1: Clark's probably the only one I would like okay he has the upside to actually maybe get like 15 sacks or something oh I was just making jokes he's domestic abuse I I also Um, I understand that bit as well (laughs) (laughs) your team is full of terrible people Obviously, linebackers find Bobby Wagner uh, and KJ Wright. And then, yeah, the secondary. I think you covered that in detail. And then on the offense, like, that's the most worrying thing, I think. they not bringing Brian Schottenheimer, someone who hasn't really done anything in a while. Uh, He has a name that is famous. For for Uh, somebody
0: with the same name who isn't him. Yeah. And he's got lots of,
1: like, lots of, like, obviously, uh, off-season positivity, because Russell Wilson can't help but say positive things. But... The like things like the thing that I see is they're trying to build this run first offense for like Rashad Penny, but they're basically expecting, and this has been an issue since Marshawn Lynch left. They're expecting Rashad Penny or Chris Carson perhaps to be the new Marshawn Lynch to take up that role and to basically drive this defense. They want to de-emphasize basically Russell Wilson, and that's true to a certain extent. Obviously, they need to do that based on what they did last season. But you're not going to be able to. You can't turn the clock back to the Marshall Nix offensive. Russell Wilson is too centralist. Russell Wilson is getting paid too much money to be able to do that anymore. And the fact I think that they're kind of pushing it is so hard, and they've invested in like two blocking tight ends to kind of do that. I kind of worry that, especially early on in the season, they might try and return to like you know run on first and second down and then try to get Russell Wilson to magic, even though they're probably like only picked up like a couple of yards because like they're probably be too predictable. And then. Only maybe mid-season will they actually go, well, actually, Russell Wilson, he's our best player. Why do we ever try to de-emphasize him? And like then the wrong game will pick up as a complementary part. So I'm worried that they'll try too hard to kind of relive the past. And maybe that's just an issue with the team. Like in general, they're trying to relive the past. They brought in all these new coaches, but Brian Schottenheimer is kind of uh, a name... Uh, who, like, I'm basically someone like Parney P. Carroll, knew uh, Mike Solari, someone who's been around for ages. Ed Norton Jr. was obviously someone who was in the coaching staff previously and didn't really do anything in Oakland. So I'm looking at this team and I'm like, I think you're exactly right. They have too much talent to lose. They have a franchise quarterback. They have elite players like Bobby Wagner. But at the end of the day, in an NFC, like in the AFC, I'd give them a chance to kind of maybe compete. But in the NFC, there's too much talent from the Rams, from the NFC side, from the NFC North. Uh, and you know maybe the East will do something Yeah, so I just noticed given something. all those
0: changes Ed Norton is an actor
1: well he's also an actor but Ken Norton <laughs> oh yeah sorry
0: Ken. No, I, I only just realized that myself as well yeah. I said it like three times like oh fuck well I've written it here so I must have been confused so yeah
1: Ken Ken, Ken, Ken Norton uh, Jr uh,
0: I was just at te- least te- 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 in Oakland I was like I just haven't heard of this guy it's my own ignorance they like Oakland was like no that was definitely somebody else <laughs> we're all in transition here like <laughs> yeah, you know we all want the
1: Hulk to be our defensive coordinator <laughs> <I> Remember that <laughs> talk about uh, retreading all things but like oh, I think the Seahawks they have too much talent to really do a full rebuild, so they're kind of in an awkward spot, and that's often where things get most ugly. Um, but I think at least they've got rid of kind of most of the biggest personalities and there's a chance for maybe a new, like, you know, Pete Carroll, the hope is that he can, with a new generation of, new, the new class uh, of, like, these players, that he can turn those into those kind of rough edge, like everyone underestimates us, so like Shaquille Griffin, Shaquille Griffin, those players who could thrive off that, but I wouldn't be hoping in an exact NFC that they can actually do it. Uh, and actually make themselves uh, a contender. So you know it was much more convenient when they were like they could get seven and nine
0: and make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so carrie what do you got them doing? Funnily enough, seven and nine, but missing the playoffs. It'll uh, be good enough for eighth in the NFC.
1: So Connor's been going six and ten. I've going eight, and eight. I think we're all expecting it to be like tough to beat, but not tough enough to not tough enough that they'll actually make the playoffs. Uh, an interesting season, though. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if. They can keep Russell Wilson alive. That would be nice. Uh, sorry. So that concludes our, our mega NFC South slash West uh, preview. Next time you'll hear from us, it'll be for the week one preview pod. Uh, Real football will be back in September. We're all looking forward to that. We're all looking forward to more ACLs blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> that will be the primary thing included in the news dump um, for our previews. But I think... You know, we're the, all
0: there is no next podcast, it's just an hour yeah. of us reading ACL, and
1: ACL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mostly Chargers. Um <laughs> of course. But like look like we're looking at an exciting season, especially in AFC, a lot of teams, a lot of great quarterbacks I think like there's never been as many good quarterbacks in the NFL as this year, in my opinion, at least over the last few years. And I think we could see some really good football, but we'll see. It could turn into a terrible thing. Maybe that new like helmet rule will ruin everything. Uh, all those flags in preseason may make that true, but maybe it'll, it'll turn into flag football. Worst. <laughs> okay, so in terms of all that, we'll talk to you at the for the pre for the first week preview pod. So that's goodbye from me. And goodbye from Harry. Goodbye. So, we'll talk to you next.